and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Coming up on the show, perhaps you've heard about the movie Sounds of Freedom, a movie about uh, Tim Ballard, Operation Underground Railroad, in connection with rescuing kids in uh, sex trafficking. Have you ever stopped to think what sex trafficking looks like? Do you think that it's always maybe somebody from another country? I mean, perhaps the movie Taken might come to mind. And we think Liam Neeson is going to come save us because he has a particular set of skills, right? Well, Tim Ballard tends to uh, be somebody along that lines as he's out there trying to rescue uh, victims of sex trafficking all over the world. But when you take a look at sex trafficking, human trafficking, indentured servitude, forced labor, it doesn't always have to be about sex. It could be about just forced labor. I mean, we've seen video that tends to be credible because it comes from overseas news sites like the BBC and some others where you have children working in the mines to get lithium and other minerals that are needed for electric vehicle batteries and things like that. So it's not just sex. It's not just in a third world country. It's not just somebody that's kidnapped and taken away. It could be just about anything when it comes down to it. And that's what we're going to take a look at here today. So the first of all, we're going to get some myths in a minute and talk about myths versus facts when it comes to human trafficking and uh, child trafficking. But the first thing you got to know is that when you think about it, we think about a stranger comes along and abducts somebody, a kid maybe, and then is off of them, right? We've heard countless stories of that type of thing happening. But according to research and according to studies and experts and everybody in between, most victims know their exploiters, their abusers. So it's not just a random person. It's not just some stranger that comes along and kidnaps a kid and takes him away. They're known. The victim knows the abuser. I know a lot of people like to put numbers out there, but when it comes down to it, there really is no reliable estimate on the number of victims. Number of victims worldwide, number of victims in the U.S. or in your particular state. Many victims are running away from harm. What does that mean? Well, they're either in an abusive household. Maybe their parents are abusive. Maybe there's an abusive relative. There's something going on that is causing that child, that young person, harm. And so they're trying to run away from it, get away. And then they end up in the arms of somebody that's even worse, if that's even imaginable. Abusers are mostly men, and victims are mostly female. However, that's not always the case. Young boys and young men are also trafficked as well. And I don't think that the numbers reflect truly that ratio, because I think a lot of young men probably hide the fact that they might have been abused or trafficked or something for the sake of embarrassment, right? Abused by another man. They don't want people to know that. 
So it really is a a wide open, unprecedented thing that's going on. Sex trafficking victims are often criminalized. These are some, again, just going over some of the generalities of stuff that kind of came up with the research that I was doing. Um, nothing specific, but just some of the over overarching information that came out. Uh, sex trafficking victims are often criminalized. Sex workers, prostitutes. They're the ones that end up getting arrested. And then when they get arrested, they probably end up getting beaten by their pimp because they didn't make enough money. Or maybe they've gotten away. Maybe they ran from harm, got away from their pimp or their sex trafficker or whatever their situation was. And now they're just trying to make ends meet, trying to survive, trying to avoid being homeless. Maybe they're just looking for something to eat. Desperate people do desperate things. And so they're arrested, jailed. Girls in foster care are particularly vulnerable. And then profits from forced sexual labor are estimated to be about $99 billion worldwide. And there is the magic bullet. Anything we talk about, if you follow the money, it goes back to money. Billions of it whether it's the abortion business, whether it's uh, child mutilation, a.k.a. gender-affirming surgery, sex trafficking. It's a billion-dollar-a-year business, a multi-billion-dollar-a-year business, and people do it because they're in it for the money, for one. For two, they're sick and evil and twisted, and that's the society that we live in. Now, briefly... And we'll get back to this a little bit later, but briefly, like I mentioned, those were the top kind of overarching generalizations of sex trafficking, okay? Most victims know their abuser. Keep that in mind. Uh, There's really no reliable number of victims. It's going to be more than what people put out there. Let's just put it that way. If you see some number and your jaw drops, imagine it being way worse. Um, Most victims are leaving a bad environment to begin with and end up in another bad environment. Um, Mostly women are sex trafficked and mostly men are the abusers, but there could be some flip-flop in there when it comes to that uh, gender category. Uh, Sex trafficking victims often criminalized. Girls in foster care, particularly vulnerable. And then profits, $99 billion worldwide. Now in America, again, those numbers We don't really know, but here a report came out recently in 2023. I believe it was March of 2023. Here are the most sex trafficked cities in America. Okay, the top five, Atlanta's five, New York is four, Miami three, Las Vegas two, and LA one. That makes complete sense. Okay. You had Tampa. Tampa, I know, is a hot spot for pornography in the city. So I know Tampa and Orlando were two in Florida that stood out. I think Columbus, Ohio was another one in the top 20. And so there were some places that were kind of like, wow, I wouldn't expect that there. Not too many, but a few. But L.A., Las Vegas, Miami, New York, Atlanta, the top five. And then we'll come back to that a little bit later. But that just gives you kind of an overlying view of what's going on when it comes to sex trafficking. And again, this movie has become a uh, 
a hot spot, like a, I know it's just been a launching pad for a lot of different things, Sounds of Freedom. And part of it is because I think of the reception. You have a lot of people that are going to see the movie and kind of awakening to this idea of what's going on. And then you have all the shenanigans that surround the movie. For example, I've seen multiple videos on social media where people are inside the movie theater, mainly like AMC, for example, a Chinese-run operation. And all of a sudden, the fire, uh, the, the hazard lights, like, you know, the fire emergency have to evacuate, will come on like in the middle of the movie. Or you might have theaters where all of a sudden the air conditioning goes out. Or tickets that have been pre-purchased are now refunded. Just all kinds of shenanigans trying to keep people from going to see this movie. Trying to keep people from being exposed to the truth about what is really going on. Which again, if they're trying to cover up something, it makes you wonder. And in fact, let's just go right back to it. I was going to do this a little bit later, but why not do it now? Okay. So I talked about L.A. being the top city for sex trafficking, right? Well, San Francisco, Oakland, San Diego, and Sacramento are in the top 20. That's five out of the top 20 cities of the most sex trafficked cities in America, according to a March 2023 report. Five of them are in California. Now, You may have heard that the California Public Safety Commission recently blocked a bill that would classify trafficking of a minor as a serious offense. The Democrats, six to two, blocked the bill on this Public Safety Committee. Now, in the state Senate of California, apparently this bill passed unanimously. So everyone thought this thing was going to breeze through. Then all of a sudden, six Democrats apparently did not vote for it. They voted yet. They didn't vote. And so it blocked it. Now, the commissioner or the head person on the committee, he represents South Central L.A. Now, if you're any familiar with Los Angeles in any fashion, you know South Central L.A. and the surrounding areas heavily crime-ridden. It was the home to the Bloods and the Crips back in the 80s with all that gang violence. And it really still is a crime-ridden area. And so this representative from that area on the commission the Public Safety Commission, who's the commissioner, the committee head, is a part of the six that blocked it. Well, it makes sense that he would block it because something like this could quite possibly affect his constituents. And he could see more and more of his constituents going to jail. And so he doesn't want that to happen because he wants to get reelected. And he's not going to get reelected if he keeps putting his constituents in jail. Now, is this a one-off? No. Because there were fentanyl penalties similar to this that would make fentanyl and distributing fentanyl and other drugs like fentanyl make the penalties harsher. The public commission voted that down. And there's other kind of crime-based making punishment harder like this one would have that they denied. They voted down. And the committee chair, again, represents a high crime area of Los Angeles, South Central and surrounding area. High crime. It's a history of high crime. Gang violence. All kinds of stuff. So he does not want his constituents going to jail because he would get voted out. So to keep his power, instead of doing what's the best thing for society, he protects his own ass and doesn't vote for this thing. Now, blowback was huge. Everybody was shocked on both sides of the aisle. So 
eventually it was pushed through. They were forced to pass it. And last I heard, it was going to pass through the state assembly, meaning that this bill, which would make punishment harder for sex traffickers, harder to get out of prison, uh, more severe penalties, all these different things that would keep them behind bars longer so you can't get out, is now going to go through. But how is it that you have five of the most trafficked states in the top 20, five cities in the top 20 of the most trafficked states, and you're going to vote down a bill that's going to make penalties harder? What is going on? And then there's some other things that are going on out there, too, that uh, we won't get into at this time. But, I mean, think about that. You've got people out there. It's a no-brainer, right? Protect our kids. We hear about it all the time. It's a no-brainer. We've got to protect our kids. But then when bills come up, that might make it more uh, harsher punishment for abusers. They won't vote for it. Now, what are some myths versus fact when it comes to child trafficking? You may or may not know. Every country in the world is affected by it. There's no doubt about that. It says that, uh, according to reports, again, keep in mind that numbers are just that, numbers. They try to put a number on things, but there's really no realistic estimation of what the numbers are or the reality of what the numbers are. But 27% of children uh, make up all human trafficking worldwide. So 27% are children. And two out of three are identified as girls. So now trafficking, according to the United Nations, involves three main elements. And again, we're using the United Nations. And this actually comes from SaveTheChildren.org. Okay, the act is recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of a person. Okay, that's the act. You might remember uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein, who was murdered by suicide, so we don't know anything from him. And then Maxwell, who's serving a 20-year prison sentence, still trying to deny her involvement and claiming that people like Prince Williams, I think it is, that's uh, been named in this racket, is a victim. So recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of a person. The means, threat or use of force, Coercion, abduction, fraud, deception, abuse of power or vulnerability, or giving payments or benefits to a person in control of the victim. And the purpose is for exploitation, which includes exploiting the uh, exploiting for prostitution of others, sexual exploitation, forced labor, slavery, or similar practices, and the removal of organs. Can't even take that into consideration where people are being harvested for their organs. Now, a lot of this stuff tends to be true. I believe it was the CSI. I don't know if you ever watched the uh, CSI movies. I think there was like CSI, CSI Miami, CSI Las Vegas, CSI Los Angeles, CSI. Every city had a CSI. And at the same time, you had things like NCIS. You had um, Law and Order. You had a lot of these crime-based uh, movies. Well, at one point... They did a research, I don't know how or why, but they did research as to what was the most searched or you know web-searched, internet-based searched things that were going on, just kind of in general. And how to get away with crime was one that was highly popular. And I think this was based off of a Criminal Minds story that I was reading that showed Criminal Minds, because apparently Criminal Minds takes crime 
to the next level on their show. But so people were searching how to get away with crime, how to get away with murder or how to commit a crime, how to commit the perfect crime, you know. And again, I'm sure all these people out there are not going to try to commit crime. They're just interested because they probably watch these shows. But here, okay, myth versus fact. So the myth is traffickers target victims they don't know. The fact is that a majority of time victims are trafficked by someone they know, such as a friend, family member, or romantic partner. Myth, only girls and women are victim of human trafficking. Fact, boys and men are just as likely to be victims of human trafficking as girls and women. However, they are less likely to be identified and reported. Girls and boys are often subject to different types of trafficking. For instance, girls might be trafficked for forced marriage, sexual exploitation. Boys may be trafficked for forced labor or recruitment into armed groups. So again, a little different, but anybody can be trafficked. The myth is all human trafficking involves sex or prostitution. So the perception is that some stranger is going to abduct a kid, a young girl, and force them into some sort of sexualized activity. But that's not the case. Human trafficking can be forced labor, like we see in other countries. Young kids mining lithium and other minerals for this new green, new energy. Uh, Domestic servitude. Organ trafficking. Debt bondage. Recruitment of children as uh, child soldiers. So there's a lot of different reasons why somebody's going to be trafficked, human trafficking. The myth, trafficking involves traveling, transporting, or moving a person across borders. The fact is human trafficking is not the same thing as smuggling, which are two terms that are commonly confused. Trafficking does not require movement across borders. In fact, in some cases, a child could be trafficked and exploited from their own home. In the U.S., trafficking most frequently occurs at hotels, motels, truck stops, and online. Yeah, remember that online part. You've got to be aware of your surroundings is what it comes down to. If you are naively going about your day, you need to rethink how you approach your day. Are you observant to the people around you? Are you observant to what's going on? Do you always take the same route home at the same time, or do you mix it up a little bit? Don't need to be paranoid, but you can be proactive to protect not only yourself, but your family and others around you. I'm always, my head's always on a swivel. I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm always checking things out. That doesn't mean I'm perfect in what I do, but I'm always looking, I'm trying to be conscious of everything that's around me. I don't want to be paranoid, so I live in constant fear, but I do try to make myself aware of what's going on. The myth, people being trafficked are physically unable to leave or held against their will. Again, our perception is somebody, a young girl, is kidnapped by a stranger, taken someplace, smuggled off to someplace, and held captive, and are forced to perform sexual activities, kind of like the movie Taken. That seems to epitomize what we think of as Human trafficking, sex trafficking. Well, the fact is that trafficking can involve force, but people can also be trafficked through threats, coercion, or deception. People in trafficking situations can be controlled through drug addiction, 
violent relationships, manipulation, lack of financial independence, or isolation from family or friends in addition to physical restraint and harm. I'm going to play a clip in a little bit from a survivor, and she briefly explains what happened to her, and you might be surprised as to her circumstances. The myth trafficking primarily occurs in developing countries. In fact, the fact is it occurs all over the world, though the most common forms of trafficking can differ by country. United States is one of the most active sex trafficking countries in the world where exploitation of trafficking victims occurs in cities, suburban, and rural areas. Labor traffic occurs in the U.S. at lower rates than most developing countries. So there's a little bit of that about the difference between facts and myth. Sex trafficking, human trafficking can be pretty much anything, and it can be going on in your community without you even knowing it. It could be happening in your family without you even knowing it. So here is a victim. I want to play a little clip. It's not graphic or anything, but she kind of explains how it is and her circumstances into why and how she was sex trafficked. Some people will acknowledge that human trafficking is going on here, but they just assume that it's only in impoverished neighborhoods. But I think my story is a prime example of how that's not true because I grew up in the typical middle-class home. Uh, I was raised in church and it happened to me. I was trafficked actually just a couple doors down from my grandmother's. Um, I was at her house fairly often and it was just kind of like wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. And uh, this younger boy had gotten involved in an organized crime group that was trafficking children all over the Chicagoland area. And basically the way it worked was these young boys recreated R. Kelly's sex tape that was going around the suburbs of Chicago at that time. Um, and they used that to advertise me in the community. And whenever I happened to be over at my grandmother's, so this mostly happened in the summers when I was spending a lot of time there, they would somehow communicate to buyers that I was available. I would assume that I was going to the highest bidder. And then I would be told to come over to the house. And I was gone for only 30 to 45 minutes max, probably not even that long. Um, and men from all over my community were coming to rape me. And you would never think, seeing them on the street, that they would be capable of something like that. Most of them came in, they took off a suit jacket, they had a ring on. They seemed like totally normal, average people. No one had that weird, you know, living in my mom's basement vibe or anything like that. So um, I think a lot of people have a lot of stereotypes around this, and it's because of those stereotypes that it can exist well in America. It's the stereotypes that allow it to exist well in America. Stereotypes and very powerful people that are engaged in it. I think Jim Caviezel recently came out and said something like the CIA is one of the biggest operators of a pedophile ring because what they do is they will entrap informants and then blackmail them to do their bidding. And they put them in these pedophile or these sex traffic situations. That's according to Jim Caviezel, I believe it was when he was talking about Sounds of Freedom. But think about that. She was in a middle-class America, raised in church, would go to grandma's house, and young boys that were wrapped up in organized crime. So apparently there's a violent nature to all this just besides the act of what was going on, the crime that was being committed against her. Organized crimes involved. R. Kelly, 
influences of celebrities, which we're going to get to in a minute. And so a couple doors down from grandma's, she's there for the summer. They say, you need to come. Men in the community, the upright, outstanding members of the community, men would come in and rape her, abuse her. Was not kidnapped, was not taken across borders, was not held slavery. In fact, she was gone, like she said, 30, maybe 40 minutes. And that was it. And that was, again, just a brief little story about how her experience kind of shatters that stereotype, doesn't it? So it could be happening. There was a story that I read going through this, and when you do research on subjects like this, you really have to be careful. I didn't get too deep, and that's why, like, for her, I don't really know her story outside of what she just said because I don't want to go down that twisted path to find out all that stuff. I'm just glad she made it out. But there are a lot of sick things that go on. There was one story I was reading about this guy, this little boy in Vietnam. Well, when his parents would go to work, he would stay with his uncle. His uncle was the abuser. But what he would do, and I believe this was during the pandemic, what he would do is he would go into a room and have a video camera. And then he would video, live stream his abuse of this little boy. And then people would pay to log on to a website to watch this boy be abused. And so they were paying to watch a live stream of a victim being sex trafficked. So it wasn't anybody that was kidnapped. It was the uncle and the family. Fortunately, the boy was rescued. So again, it doesn't take much. And really, in America, one of the biggest culprits, and we've talked about it on the show many times, is social media. Social media is a huge gateway a huge doorway into your child's life. So if you want to understand a little bit more about how social media works, here's a little bit of a clip that kind of explains how social media works normally. It talks about, you know, you know, the kind of like the joke, hey, I mentioned that I like beanbags. And now all of a sudden, your phone, your computer, Everything around you, Alexa, Surrey, whatever, they're all sending you now beanbag stuff. And then pretty soon you're buying a beanbag. That's how it works. You mention something you never mentioned before. Try it. And you start to see all these ads pop up because they saw something that you watched. The algorithms of social media the same way. Let's say you're strolling through and let's say, in my case, let's say you're just watching baseball video, baseball videos, one after the other after the other. But then let's say an animal of a panda, a video of a panda comes up. And I think it's humorous. I think pandas are humorous. So I watch it. Next thing you know, panda, panda, panda video. Where'd my baseball videos go? So now imagine that if you're scrolling through as a kid and you're something, 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 ooh, here's now something a little bit more X-rated. They look at it. Now their feed becomes an X-rated or R-rated feed. But here's a little bit that hopefully we'll try to explain kind of the algorithm type situation that uh, social media uses to get you the information that you're looking for, what at least you think you're looking for. The internet and social media websites and mobile apps have exploded in popularity. After just a few minutes of downloading an application, a user's preferences are being compiled and used to keep the user engaged within the app. The more a user uses an app, the more clicks that occur 
and the more profit that it's generating for the developers. These preferences include web searches, your current and past locations, your online purchases, the groups you search for, the groups you join, and many other factors. The algorithms are fine-tuned. They work. Have you ever been thinking about buying something new? For example, let's say you've been thinking about buying your first drone. Maybe you mentioned to a friend in an online message that you're thinking about buying a drone. Or maybe you made a Google search looking at entry-level drone prices. Now you begin to see advertisements on your social media, newsfeed, or on your mobile chat app. Advertisements for drones. You start getting pop-up messages letting you know you're within one mile of a drone event. You begin to be connected to other people also interested in drones. The result is that you probably will end up buying a drone. The reason you'll probably end up buying a drone is because you inputted data that was collected and that data was used to find what you like and then direct you to it. The algorithms work. You found a new drone. The algorithms do work. I believe it's The Social Dilemma on Netflix. You should watch it. It's a very in-depth documentary on the origins of social media, especially like Facebook, Snapchat, some of those uh, type of things. And um, you've got the inventors, the creators of it, that are telling you about the dangers of it and how they don't let their family members, like their kids, be on it either. So Instagram and Snapchat are the most dangerous platforms, according to the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Trafficking starts on the Internet with the use of technology. Remember, we spent so many years, messages, time, telling people don't talk to strangers. And, of course, the whole world changed. We started getting into... You know, don't get in car with strangers. Now, all of a sudden, we're riding Uber and stuff like that. And then um, we try to keep the boogeyman out of the kids' bedroom, right? The bad man outside. Now, we allow them to come in through the phone. And now, we've got kids spending hours and hours and hours of time on their phones, on their social media platforms in the bedroom unsupervised. You don't know who is in there contacting your kids and the influence that it has. It's a powerful influence. I cannot overemphasize how powerful of an influence social media is. Trafficking starts on the internet, use of technology. About 65% of underage victims recruited online in 2020 um, in active, I guess, criminal sex trafficking cases. So ones that they were able to kind of prove and and discern that it was, yes, from online, was through Facebook. So Facebook in 2020 became a big culprit in the sex trafficking world. 65% of underage victims recruited online in 2020 in active criminal sex trafficking cases were recruited through Facebook. 14% were recruited through Instagram, and 8% were recruited through Snapchat. Now, Instagram and Snapchat, because I guess Facebook is trying, they don't want to be the, the one that have the dubious honor of being the, the platform with the most sex trafficking involvement. So they've tried to curtail that and made efforts, while Instagram and Snapchat now apparently are the uh, two platforms that are most dangerous. And you hear from one gal, Snapchat, your messages disappear. Um, let's see. 
So 65% Facebook, 14% Instagram, and 8% Snapchat back in 2020, so a couple years ago. A study performed by the University of Toledo, the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute from the University of Toledo, strongly supported this information and found that social media is increasingly being utilized as a medium to contact, recruit, and sell children for sex. Social media. You get a stranger, request your friend, and you do. Now, I don't put anything on social media that's private or personal. Everything is podcast-related, maybe baseball videos, maybe photos of me, my narcissism, whatever it is, okay? There's nothing private, nothing personal. I don't put anything on there. Maybe once in a while there might be a video of, of uh, you know, with me, with my mom or dad or something like that, but you won't find a whole lot of personalized information on there. And I do that for a reason, is to try to keep as much information away from bad people as possible. Now, the Human Trafficking Institute also published its annual Federal Human Trafficking Report in June of 2021, shining a light on the reality and scale of human trafficking in the United States specifically. And this was the following estimates on prosecuted cases. And it's not a representative of all trafficking cases because, again, we remember from the beginning of the show, estimates, there really are no good estimates as to what it is. So whatever these numbers are, imagine it being worse. It is worse. You don't have to imagine it. It is worse. 83% of the 2020 sex trafficking cases involved online solicitation, which is overwhelmingly the most common tactic traffickers will use. 59% of the recruitment in sex trafficking cases occurred on Facebook. Like I said, again, Facebook has tried. At least they say they try. 65% of underage victims recruited online were recruited through Facebook, 14% Instagram, and 8% through Snapchat. Yes, that's a repeat of information, but coming from a different study. So it's all backing itself up is what I'm saying. You got these different studies, not just a one-off, that are verifying the research and the data. And again, these were prosecuted cases, verifiable cases that they were able to get this information from. And it was Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, 83% online. It's unbelievable what happens online. A 2018 study found that 55% uh, 55 of domestic minor sex trafficking survivors who became victims in 2015 or later met their traffickers for the first time using text the web or a specific website or mobile app. You know, like WhatsApp. You guys get on WhatsApp and some of those type of apps. The study also found that 58% of victims eventually met their traffickers face-to-face. But 40, 42% of those initially met their traffickers online. And then the power over the victims started to happen through grooming and manipulation. And then coercion sets in and threats and then sexhortation. It's like you meet somebody online, your young person meets somebody online, and maybe they're posing as a young kid. You're all seeing Dateline. You got these guys posing as young people to meet somebody, and then they get busted. But somebody, you don't know what's on the other end of that keyboard or that internet. You don't know who's on the other end of it. So it could be some adult posing as a kid or a younger person. And then get me to send 
you know, get you to send them picks, and now they can extort you, sextort you because they got those picks. I'll release these if you don't do X, Y, Z. And now they've got you. And the other thing, too, that people don't realize, and I talk to parents about this sometimes when I see them, uh, and something like this comes up, what they don't realize is that if your kid is underaged and they've got any type of nude photos or explicit photos of a girlfriend or anybody, doesn't matter, and they're underaged, that's child pornography. And they can get in serious trouble. There is no I didn't know, nothing like that. It's child pornography. So if you've got underaged kids and they're in a relationship with somebody else that's underaged, exchanging provocative photos is child pornography. It can be deemed as child pornography. And then passing them back and forth could be distribution of child pornography. It's very serious. It's a very serious thing. So with all this stuff going on, you might be like, no, these are just some people that, you know, are going overboard, trying to, you know, scare parents. And no, it's not really true. Kids don't really spend that much time on the internet. Or, you know, I monitor my kid and make sure that they don't spend too much time on social media platforms. I've got a filter or whatever excuse that you have, thinking that your child is safe. You're... Naive. So here's some kids talking about how much time they spend on social media and then kind of rating via the motion picture of association ratings, you know, G, P, G, R, et cetera, um, on their experience with social media apps. I typically spend about one to two hours on social media a day. Actually, no, I'd say two to three hours. My screen time is probably like six hours a day. I probably spend like four to five hours on social media a day. I'm on Snapchat, Instagram, Visco, and TikTok. All of them. I have like Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. I would rate Instagram a PG-13. TikTok is kind of a gray area. Honestly, it goes anywhere from G to R. TikTok's probably like rated R because you're not really in control of what shows up on your For You page. But I feel like with those apps, it's kind of like what you make it. But definitely it can get up to the PG-13 or the R. But I think it is based off the type of person you are and what you follow and what you're looking at. I would rate Snapchat, rate it R for sure. People will just say whatever because they know that it can just disappear and people will sometimes ask for pictures or they'll send unwanted pictures. Oh, unsolicited, like, gross nudity pictures. So, yeah, that's why. So there you have it, a lot of kids spending four, five, six hours online on social media being exposed to whoever is on that other end of it, of the messaging. One of the things that I think contributes to this is the trust issue between parents and kids. Parents become authoritative. Kids, uh, my parents aren't cool. i got to hide this from them. Maybe it's time to kind of rethink some social media guidelines or the way parents deal with kids in social media. Maybe instead of becoming authoritative, 
maybe you come alongside them and educate. Maybe parents need to become educators when it comes to social media and have some parameters that are like, okay, if you are doing something and I don't like it, to start, we're going to talk through the process. Okay. For example, if you're getting messages from strangers that look suspect, let me know. I won't judge you for what you're doing. I want to educate you on what to look for. And maybe start that at first. Maybe you work out something where you're like, okay, you want to be on social media? Let's put some some time constraints. Of course, kids aren't going to just heard five, six hours on social media. So maybe put some time constraints. And you make an agreement that, you know, I will allow you X amount of time on social media, but I need to make sure I can see your screen time. If you got an iPhone, you can check out a person's screen time, how long they spend on it, and what apps they're spending on. Maybe you have to then, and then at some point, once that kind of relationship is established, educator to student type of mentality, then maybe you start getting into consequences for violating some of that. And then maybe you have to change internet passwords or Wi-Fi passwords or whatever. You guys can figure that out. But again, maybe we need to, instead of just approaching, because kids are going to hide this stuff. So that's the thing. Kids hide this stuff. They think they're going to get in trouble, as they should think, because they shouldn't be doing these things, and they shouldn't have the concept that, oh, I can get away with whatever because my parents are going to care. But just looking at these numbers, 83% in 2020 of sex traffic victims that were prosecuted cases, so verifiable, came through Facebook, or I mean through online with 65% being Facebook. 83%. You no longer need to troll the streets. In fact, there was one, I think I want to play it here in a minute, talks about a kid who was at school. In fact, let's just go ahead and play it now. Here's how uh, sex traffickers will use social media to approach young people. Let's just get right into it. Traffickers love to pretend like they care and that they're listening, especially if that child feels like no one else is listening to me. Which the majority of children and teenagers at some point within a week will say, I feel like no one's listening to me. Do you hear me? Do you see me? And traffickers take that type of vulnerability and then they exploit it and they pretend like they care and they pretend like they're listening. There was a little boy that I was working with who was seven years old, and he was using this online gaming program. Very innocent, age-appropriate online video game, and it had a messenger board on it. Anytime any type of game or app has a messenger board, your child is at risk for trafficking. So a trafficker started to reach out to this little boy, said, can we meet up? I've got some toys for you. Oh, this is where you go to school. I can meet up with you after school. And he met up with this little boy after school and took him into a mobile video lab that he had inside this van and had him take pictures with that were without his clothes. While he was having him take these nude photos, the child almost didn't even know what was happening. He thought that the person was giving him toys. He went back home and told his parents what had happened. And the family couldn't do a lot. They put in a report. But this person showed up 
at this child's elementary school because he contacted him on a children's game online because it had a messenger's board. And this poor little boy had no idea what was happening. He thought this person was his friend. Did you catch that? So first off, a seven-year-old. An aged-approved gaming device. Innocent. Aged-approved. Kid was doing nothing wrong. Messaging service or messaging, you know, you can message the kid. and Next thing you know, van parked outside the school. The boy comes over thinking he's getting toys. Gets in the back of the van. Probably like that girl we heard from earlier, 30 minutes or so. Exploited. Kid goes home, that's the end of it. Nothing they could do. And no recourse because it was all anonymous. Nobody knew who this guy was. So a seven-year-old on an aged-approved gaming device was trafficked outside his school. That's how bad it is, and we don't realize that. And the other thing we don't realize is we get too divided into the politics of society that we don't take a look and see that and realize that this isn't a this side or that side. This isn't a red or blue. This isn't an elephant or a donkey. This is our kids. But the problem is, is that people will speak out against this. Okay. Oh, that's bad to a seven-year-old boy. Should never happen. But what about the push for gender-affirming surgery on a seven-year-old boy? That's okay. You can't say you're for the kids in one thing and support the kids in one thing, but then turn around and be anti-kid in something else called hypocrisy is what it is. So we either have to make a decision that we are truly going to protect kids, all kids, or not. And if you are for something else that is harmful to kids, then you're not going to care about this. And if you do, maybe you need to change your mindset on the whole aspect of protecting kids. Because if you're outraged by a seven-year-old boy getting victimized in the van outside of his school, but yet you're not outraged by other things that are going on in this country that have to do with kids and harming kids, even though people say it's for their betterment, no, it's not, then you need to rethink your mindset, your ideology, your thoughts. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, you think about the state of California. We talked about it earlier. There was the Public Safety Committee. After the Senate unanimously approved this bill that would make sex trafficking crimes and punishments harsher, these six Democrats squashed it, pushed back. Finally, they passed it through. But the same committee squashed harsher penalties for fentanyl, harsher penalties for other things. California is slowly becoming a state. Well, it is becoming. It is a state. Well, all kinds of things are bad. I mean, like, I don't understand why this bill was celebrated when you have the same state, okay, the pushback. Everyone thought that this bill should have flew through, and it should have. And then there's pushback. But yet, what can you do? Parents can have their kids taken away because you don't affirm their gender identity. People from kids from outside of the state can travel to the state unattended as a minor even and get pro-abortion services. So many things can happen in that state that harm kids. 
and everyone was outraged about the not passing of this bill. I find it pretty hypocritical. I'm glad they did and they pushed it through. But now maybe they should rethink some of the other things because if they did that, thinking that, oh, look, at we, we care for kids. No, you don't because you allow other things that harm kids. You can have kids taken away from parents. You can have kids taken away from parents from other states if they come for their gender-affirming surgery and then they say, oh, my parents don't want it. They want me to have it, so I came here. And there's so much stuff going on that people don't care about our kids. They're a pawn in society. They're a pawn for a political agenda. And it's unbelievable, but it starts with social media. Social media is the biggest thing. Uh, Facebook is trying to fix it, but they fully haven't fixed it. But they, I guess, realize they have a human trafficking problem. Had it for years. Remember uh, Jelaine Maxwell? 20 years in prison, but no abusers. You know, the, the, the victims, I guess some victims have kind of come forward. But none of the perpetrators. Because you know... It's high profile. You know there's some very powerful people in this country that are engaged in it. Jeffrey Epstein murdered by suicide because he knew too much. You know, there's this um, recent trend for cities and states to have um, reparations for slavery, right? Because all we do is we focus on these reparations from the founding of our country and slavery and black people and slavery. That was bad. But what about reparations for people that have gone through modern-day slavery because we didn't do anything, because we weren't enforcing the laws, because we didn't care? What about all the sex trafficking that's coming through our southern border, all the people coming through, whether it's forced labor or whether it's for debt? You know, coyotes will say, hey, I'll get you and your family across the border for $20,000. And then once they get here, now they're indebted to the coyotes. So now they have to go and work, forced labor. What are we going to do about stuff like that? So we get so focused on all this other stuff in society that we forget it comes down to the people. It's the people that hurt the most. It's people that we're dealing with. It's people that we need to make sure that we are looking out for their best interests. But yet we have to have a film like Sounds of Freedom to come out to kind of get us going again and refocus or maybe, hey, don't forget about this crisis over here. It's ongoing. There's people in your community that are experiencing this. Again, the stereotype Young girl gets trafficked, she gets kidnapped, taken cross borders somewhere, forced into slavery, kidnapped, won't be able to let go, can't get out, Liam Neeson has to come rescue her, and that's what we think of sex trafficking. But how many times, two stories here in this episode of our podcast, two stories, one was a gal who spent summers at grandma's house and organized crime, young kids, young boys involved in organized crime trying to reenact R. Kelly's sex tape, forces her. Two doors, three doors down. She's gone 30, 40 minutes. Men from all over the community rape her, violate her. Then she's back at grandma's house. It goes over and over and over again. 
And you know there's all kinds of threats and things involved. Maybe killing grandma or worse. And then this seven-year-old boy, an aged-approved gaming device, thinks he's going to get toys. Van parked outside his school. Young boy gets into van thinking he's going to get toys. He's exploited. 30, 40 minutes later, he's back in school or goes home. It can happen just like that. How about all the stuff that's been going on in Hollywood? You know, Hollywood and the strike and everything's going on. People are like, oh, there's a strike. That's so bad. Is it really? Is it really bad that Hollywood's on strike? I mean, you think about Harvey Weinstein. You think about, was it Kevin Spacey? Roman Polanski? And it goes on and on and on. The people that were abusers. There was a book I read one time. And if you want to know it, you can send me a message. I'm not going to promote it here. It's actually, it's actually a, a autobiograph- it's an autobiography, but each chapter is written by somebody different. And it's their experience with a celebrity, different celebrities, and their experience. And the experience that they had to go through with this, and it's a lot of top-name people, a lot of top-name uh, actors, men, forcing their will upon young women, young starlights, the people that flee Kansas to go because they want to be a superstar in Hollywood. The bright lights of L.A. are calling. And that's what makes L.A. the number one sex traffic city in America because all the people coming to L.A. to be movie stars, they'll do whatever they can to try to make it in the world of Hollywood. And so they get abused. They get abused. They get violated because they think that they're going to get that big starring role if they comply. So, again, whatever you think about sex trafficking, human trafficking, whatever it is, the stereotype that you think it is, because remember, like that gal said, stereotypes are what make this thing continue going on. But stereotypes need to be shattered because it's not what you think it is. The numbers are greater than what you would read online. The incidences are closer to home than you could ever imagine. Trusted people are the ones violating. Remember the Catholic Church, all the priests that violated boys? And then we heard about the Boy Scouts, these organizations that were supposed to help boys become young men and, well, violated them. Trust has to be earned. Can't just be given. I don't trust anybody until they earn my trust. Trust has to be earned. We have to watch out for other people. Watch out for the innocent. Watch out for the seven-year-olds that don't know what they're doing. Be proactive. As an educator, you're a mandatory reporter for no matter what, right? Are we taking that responsibility seriously? Or do we not want to bother because it's too much paperwork, because it's too much effort, because it's too much whatever, and we're exhausted? What was that song lyric? The children are a future. Treat them well. We're not doing a very good job of that, are we? We're not treating them very well. We need to rethink that. We need to rethink how we approach taking care of our kids. Not only if you have kids, but maybe kids in the community, in the neighborhood. 
having a watchful eye? Because we might think that the Cleavers next door are wonderful people, but maybe there's a dark side to them that we don't know about. Be aware, be alert. That's all a part about bringing out our inner greatness, looking out for others, raising the standards of life to make sure that we see that others can have that same standard in their lives. Taking our passion, making it happen so we can inspire others and motivate them to do the same thing. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Sonny Dem. Hey, check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. All kinds of stuff going on there. You can look at uh, the different uh, podcasts that are on there. You can also click on the logo for Two Steps Head Podcast, and all of our shows pop up in video form. It's connected to a Rumble account. You can click on any number of those videos, and they pop up and they play, and then you can subscribe to our Rumble account and never miss an episode. SoundCloud, you'll see on that same page uh, an orange kind of bar that goes across the center of the page. You click on that, it takes you to our SoundCloud, which is our audio version. You can actually listen to it and download it and take it with you on the go. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia Podcasts, Google Podcasts. In fact, you could just say, hey, Suri, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and our episode pops up. Just do an internet search, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and you can find us pretty easily. Uh, Instagram, again, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast. And if you want to email the show, you can give us, uh, you give us a, a message at our email, Two Steps Head Podcast at gmail.com. Again, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast at gmail.com. I'll get it, and depending on what you need, I'll reply. If you need just comments on the show, that would be great. If you need resources, you need help, um, if I can't personally help you, I'll find somebody. I know a lot of people that might be able to help you, depending on where you're at. And if I can't help you and they can't help you, I'm sure they know people. It's like a network of people that might be able to help you in whatever it is you might need. Uh, if you need a friendly word from a stranger across the other end of the Internet, just want encouragement. And whatever it is, reach out because I'm here. TWO, two steps head podcast at gmail.com. So, again, sex trafficking is not what you think it is. The numbers are worse than what you might think. It's going on in our neighborhoods, our communities. I mean, those were just the um, top five and then five of the top 20 cities in California, but it's happening all over. It's probably happening in your community in one way or another. Kids being victimized, being abused. Be alert. Stay alert. Protect yourself. Protect your kids. And most importantly, just try to be aware and know that it's happening and find opportunities to see where you can help out. Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.